This Three Beards Media podcast is sponsored by Revelton Distilling Company. When Rob and Chrissy Taylor started following the Kentucky Bourbon Trail in 2012, they fell in love with not only bourbon, but the entire distilling process. Just eight short years later, in 2020, Revelton Distilling Company was opened, offering an entire family of products, including vodka, gin, whiskey, and Revelton Shine. Come visit the tasting room at 1400 West Clay Street in Osceola, Iowa, where you can sample one of their many spirits, including four gold medal winners. Can't make it to Osceola today? Not a problem, as you can pick some up at your local Hy-Vee or Fairway grocery stores. Follow Revelton Distilling on Twitter or Instagram at ReveltonDC or their website www.reveltondistilling.com. This Three Beards Media podcast may contain mature themes, and if you're not down with that, we got three words for you. Like the podcast. Nailed it! Would you like to sample some of my nuts? Hello and welcome yet again to another edition of Old Man Strength, a podcast of Three Beards Media and brought to you by Revelton Distilling Company. I am Tim Johnson. Who am I? I'm Tim Johnson. Oh my goodness. It's been it's been a week. I am Tim Johnson, joined as always by Chris Shipley. Chris, how are you doing? Nice job, Tim. We bring a professional on. And that's, that's the way to impress the guests. I appreciate that. No, I'm doing. Yeah, I'm doing great. My voice sounds terrible, but uh, I'm actually feeling better. Uh, we had a long week. We were at the conference for William Syndrome with the boys, so that was an amazing experience for them. And uh, I was happily ready to drive the six and a half hours ride home uh, from Chicago. Uh, so it was pleasantly not super hot in Chicago, and it's like some kind of an oven here. So I'm not sure what's going on with that. But yeah, no, um, it has been an oven even up here in in Minnesota. Uh, and my air conditioning went out in my car on Saturday. Saturday morning, I was headed down to to New Ulm, and about 30 minutes into that drive, that air conditioning went straight out. So uh, that two and a half hour drive did include a, a wardrobe change because I had sweat through everything. Um, I did eventually get that fixed, uh, but it wasn't just that, you know, it needed a recharge. I needed that the compressor went out. Uh, so that was a little chunk of change. But what was great about that is a week before someone had tried to steal my catalytic converter. So I also had to spend a chunk of change on that. So in the last 10 days, I've spent basically my car's value on just getting my car to operate. Um, that sucks. That sounds terrible. No, it's no, it's it's totally good. Uh, as as a brewer, I I make a ton of money, and I can completely afford to pay for things like that. And I'm not going to be uh, anywhere remotely destitute here in the near future. Uh, um, yeah. So it's been it's been a week. Um, I know it's only Wednesday, uh, but I 
I have been convinced the last seven days were a Thursday. So well, there I you think go. we're off to a good start. Well, we'll turn it around tonight for sure. <laughs> Perfect. I like it. Um, well, Chris, now is the time in the podcast where I usually let you go ahead and introduce our guest for the evening. Yeah, and I usually do a, a terrible job at it, uh, and then I turn around and let the person talk more about themselves. But uh, uh, I, I actually, uh, I get, I don't get nervous very often. Uh, uh, Jamie Pollard was was one for me. Dan McCarney was one for me. But I, I'm actually a little uh, nervous uh, because I respect uh, his work so much. Uh, I enjoy his show in the morning, uh, and and some of his other podcasts, and I kind of hide it. it he, he doesn't know this, but I kind of hold him in a high regard because I respect his work so much. So Travis Justice from uh, KXNO's Morning Rush uh, and multiple other podcasts and, and business entities uh, and uh, charitable guy. So Travis, thanks for hopping on Old Man Strength and gracing us with your presence. Uh, Chris, no problem. I got a question for you, though, before we start this podcast, this sure. interview. Um, in, in high school, did you use two condoms? Because I, I swear to God, I've never seen a guy that has like the biggest fucking windscreen in the world and then another windscreen on top of that. <laughs> it, it, it's like, it's like, it, it's like you are really worried you're going to pop those peas on this podcast. And I'm like, I'm sitting there going, Chris doubled up. He was a double Trojan man in high school. That's, that's what he was doing. That's, if, that's exactly what I, doing. I, I, if I would have had a chance to have sex in high school, I probably would have. I was going to say, I was going to say that, was, that, that one was lone very generous. My, uh, that one lone condom I had in my wallet. Got so pretty dusty there for a while. So Tim, you and I have never met, and Chris hears me in the morning uh, on the morning rush. Uh, I am very probably not politically correct. I swear like a sailor, and uh, I kind of say what I what, what comes to my mind. So uh, buckle up for the next hour. Who knows what's going to come out of my mouth? <laughs> that <laughs> well, sounds I, like a perfect uh, perfect guess. That's what we're looking yeah. I was going to say we, after, we after normally this pod, after this podcast, Chris will no longer hold me in such high esteem. <laughs> i don't know we'll see <laughs> yeah no we we normally keep things uh pretty uh mature okay um so oh my god that was uh, terrible that's, that's a terrible lie <laughs> no that's terrible no absolutely I, in all honesty travis that's probably why i admire you so much <laughs> yeah uh, I, mean, I think there's i think there's too many people out there that don't show them who they are uh and and I think that's what a lot of people appreciate about you. I can't, I mean, I won't lie. There's plenty of times in the morning. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You can't be serious. <laughs> what, uh, and then there's other times, or what? right. Like you may have said something or, and then there's times where I was like, okay, he surprised me with that. I he's I, I'm on his side there. So, you, you know, it's interesting because I, people look at radio and, and I don't want people to take sides. And my good buddy, Dr. Rob Zadisk and I were talking about this just the other day with comedy. Listen, I do a morning show. Right. And, and first, First and foremost, I'm not the smartest guy when it comes to sports. I'm not an X's and O's guy. You'll never get me to break down uh, film and stuff like that. I got into sports because I was interested in the team aspect. I was interested in how you can take a, a bunch of guys or girls or e e even a mixed group and, and make them excel. What makes somebody be a champion what makes somebody with a lot of talent not win at all and how do you make that applicable to business that's that's really why i got involved in sports 
But first of all, when it comes to being on the radio or being on a podcast or any content that you you create, first and foremost, it's going to be interesting. And being interesting has to be entertaining, right? So I, I always look at the. That's why you hear me in the mornings. I make fun of people on local television. Listen, I did television for almost twenty five years. I was I was a sports anchor. I, I I was on I was on television every night, and I and it, something clicked when I was about thirty years old, and I thought this is. I'm taking myself way too serious. People take themselves way too serious, whether it's on the radio, whether it's on television, and I'm not going to take myself seriously anymore. I want to be myself. I want to be entertaining. I want people to get to know me, be a little vulnerable during that. And if they don't like it, they don't like it. But when it comes, so I look at my morning show and everything else I do almost in a comedy aspect. I, if I, if I can make you laugh, that's good. If I can make you think that's another thing. So I don't, most of them, I don't want people to agree with me. If they do, that's great. If they don't, I, I think you know I'm not a screamer, though. I, and if somebody no. calls, we can have really good debate and, and have a good back and forth. And usually when you disagree with somebody, you can usually find common ground somewhere. That's what people don't do anymore. They don't find common ground. That's why you don't see me pissing and moaning on Twitter, uh, because you can't get into an argument with 204 characters. Call the radio show. Get me on a podcast. We're going to have a conversation like we're, you know, I grew up in a small town of 453 people. I watched these farmers who you had staunch Republicans and liberal Democrats who both ran farms who would sit down at the coffee shop every day. They'd scream at each other, but you know what? Something happened in the field. They'd be out there helping them right away. They'd be back there the next day, drinking coffee, having a good time because they, they, they loved that, that banter back and forth of disagreeing, agreeing and finding common ground. So if I can do that in an entertaining way, I've hit a home run in my book. No, I, I totally agree. And we've had that discussion several times on this podcast. And and uh, just in between us us two, we've had that conversation about how I, I've actually uh, evolved a little bit on Twitter, believe it or not, as far as not being such a, a hard ass as far as not. I, I, I'm pretty stuck in, in my views of how I view certain things or whatever. <laughs> but I also am very open to letting somebody tell me what their views are. And let's see if we can have a conversation about it. Right. There's there's probably a handful of people that I've met on there that if we sat in a room together, we couldn't come to one agreement on one thing. But that person may have helped me. I may have helped them. We've done something outside of Twitter where it's it's been for the greater good. So kind of the same thing that you were talking about. Yeah. I mean, we've gotten so tribal in the country these days that, you know, it's like if, if you're for it's either it's either or you're either with me or you're, or you're not. And it doesn't have to be like that. And that's why I don't usually get in 204 character arguments. I really I, I, I'm on Facebook a lot. I'm on LinkedIn a lot. But I don't I save everything for what I really want to have serious conversations about to long form conversations like this. Um, like the radio show and my other two podcasts that I host, because I think, I, I think you can get, accomplish a lot more. That's why I think, you know, I, I, I commend you guys for producing content. I've been producing content since I was 16 years old. And I, that's when I started in radio. Producing content is hard. And, he, he, you know, I don't know how many listeners you get, but even if one person listens to it, if you reach one person, that's all that really matters because producing content, getting, getting, getting your story out there, getting, getting something out there is, 
is, is worthwhile and it's worth doing. I learned something tonight before we went on. I had no idea what Williams syndrome was. I asked you about it. I learned something tonight, right? Uh, and, and, and I'm glad I learned that. I'm glad I know that about you. Uh, so it, to me, I, and I commend you guys for producing content because doing it on a regular basis is really, really, really hard. And uh, the fact that you guys have had some really good guests uh, and, and I'm not one of them, uh, it really uh, speaks volumes to, to, to the, the how you build trust with somebody. I mean, you get Jamie Pollard on here, you get Dan McCarney. That means you've built some kind of trust, which is, which is good. Yeah. We still don't know how uh, we got those guests. On. <laughs> you know how you asked. Because, <laughs> that's, no, that's, that's, what, that's really yeah. what it is. No, yeah. I, I mean, look at, look at sales. Right. Um, and, and I talked to this with, with my team uh, at, at MCL construction all the time. We, we have an interview I used to do a lot of the interviews and then people started figuring out, well, you can't have a guy like me go to the interviews because I would go in. I, I love to do presentations, right? Then they were like, well, this guy's not going to build my building. This guy's not going to be here, but I, I make sure. And I reiterate to my teams, every time they go into an interview, you end the interview asking for the job. They're like, well, that's a little bit forward guys. I'm going to tell you the reason most people don't make sales and sales because they never ask for the job or ask for the sale. They mm -hmm. don't ask, Hey, will you buy my product? Will mm -hmm. you buy my beer? Will you, will you try my software? Will you come to my restaurant? If you just flat out ask somebody, you'd be surprised how many times they say, yeah, I'll do that. Right. So when you, when you reached out to, to Jamie Pollard, he went, yeah, I, somebody asked me, that's really cool. Cause I'm a little pissed because he doesn't do my radio show. We asked Rod <laughs> and he doesn't do my radio show. So um, and Dan McCarney really is one of the most uh, uh, hospitable people uh, around and oh, he, he's sure. a genuinely good guy, but you know what you ask. And, and that's, and that's the hardest part because you get nervous. You're like, Oh my God, what if they turn me down? So what? You know, so what if they, so you know how many times I've been told no in my life when it comes to if we're requesting an interview or just getting it something, but if you don't ask, you never know. It's, it's that old successories. Uh, and, right. and Tim, you're going to learn that I talk a lot and I tend not to shut up. Uh, but it's that old successories poster. You take, you, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you never take. Right. And, and I'm pretty risk adverse. I, I don't take a lot of risk. I'm a calculated risk guy, but I know when I want something, then I go after it. And, and I think that's what you guys are doing here when you, when you go after some of these interviews, which is cool. One of the yeah, best, I, uh, sorry, Tim, one of the no, best lines I got just recently when we kind of started uh, our, our own little media company and, and, and went after a sponsor, uh, the guy asked me, he says, what, what, well, what do you want? And I said, well, and he was a friend of mine from high school, Rob from Revelton uh, Distilling. And he was like, Chris, this is just like high school dating. You never know until you ask. So just ask me. I can all, I, you know, what's the worst I'm going to do? Say no. Does, did you ask for first base, second base, third base, or a home run? I, I mean, I figure we go for home run first. See, and then good. We'll go, and then, Let's consummate this thing right away. Right, Let's right. just go. Yeah, I, I don't know that we've ever been uh, afraid that anyone's going to say no. I think we've probably been afraid people are going to say yes. And it's like, oh, shit, now we have to well, pretend like we know what we're doing. No, not only that, but when they say yes, <laughs> when they say yes, you got to produce. And right. I'm not saying you and I'm not saying you have to give you say, hey, we had 400 listeners, a thousand listeners. What I mean, we got to produce. Oh, we got to do this on a regular basis. We can't take a week off. We can't right. take two weeks off. Once you start getting people involved monetarily, you're like, Okay, we're committed to this now. We we have to do it, and it's uh, it, it's a game changer. That's for sure. Well, yeah. for me, it was more of a of, of a trust factor. They're looking and, and putting their trust in us. Uh, I I feel like I owe them then the the hardest working content I, that that we can give them. 
Yeah, and we've been we've been lucky enough to have you know some friends of the podcast that have have certainly helped us out recently. Uh, we had a former NBA lottery pick uh, advocating for for folks to come on our podcast. Like like we've had some people that have been in our corner, kind of helping to to give us the confidence. I think, which has been fun too. Yeah, I mean, it, the cool thing about today is you don't need like my background, right? I mean, I've been broadcasting since I was 16 years old. Um, really, I, I called my first baseball game when I was nine. But the cool thing is you don't you don't have to be that polished professional. You don't you you just go out and make it whatever you want, which is really cool. I mean, it, it, this is an art form. Art is different from everybody. I've been to uh, the Uffizi Gallery in, in Florence several times. I walk through the Uffizi and I go, okay, I really don't like Renaissance art. I don't. Um, now I, I can appreciate a Michelangelo. I can appreciate a Leonardo da Vinci painting, but I'm not a rig Renaissance art guy. But you know what? It, it, you know how many people study art history in, in Florence because they absolutely love Renaissance art. Um, and this is no different. My my morning show, I, I, I make the joke and and Chris will laugh at this, and I say. Uh, 99.999999% of the central Iowa listening audience listens to the morning rush. I know they don't. Wait, I want that's them to. not true. That's not true. <laughs> this whole time I thought that um, was true. But, but, but I understand that I'm not going to be for any, everybody. And, and unfortunately in broadcasting today, especially terrestrial radio and commercial television, uh, people are forced to be something for everybody. And once you do that, well, if you try to be something for everybody, you're nothing for everybody. You really are. You, 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 you just, you're vanilla, you're bland and you're not entertaining and you're boring. And the last thing I want anybody ever to call me in my life is boring. Never, ever call me boring. I don't want to be that way. Well, you know, you mentioned that kind of this new world of podcasts is not everyone needs to have experience, but I've always said in doing this, when people ask, I'm like, well, look, I've had, I have over four decades experience of talking a lot about things that no one wants to listen to. So I think <laughs> I'm qualified. Yeah. See, when you were talking about earlier that you uh, grew up in a small town and I think you've mentioned it a few times uh, on the radio and you've even mentioned, uh, I think you said you had family in Harlan. So there's a connection there. My wife grew up in Harlan graduated from Harlan High School. What year did she graduate Harlan uh, High School? She 91, I think. Okay, now is she a Harlan native or did she live in Erling, Panama, no, Portsmouth, she West is Australia? a Harlan, she is a Harlan native. Okay. Excellent. She is she has talked many times about the picnics at Westphalia and how her college friends didn't understand why she would want to go home on the weekends back there to go to a a, a picnic at Westphalia and simply because there was so much beer and alcohol there because it was nothing but a Catholic town. <laughs> yeah. So. It, it, and, that, and that's so true. I don't have family in Harlan. I actually have family uh, in, uh, in Manning uh, okay. in, in Manila. Uh, I was, I was married in Portsmouth. My wife's from Persia. Uh, I have a lot of good friends uh, in Harlan, Mitch Osborne, who is the, uh, the, 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 the boys basketball coach at Harlan uh, used to be the AD. He retired. Uh, that's, and then my first radio job was in Harlan. I started at KNOD back in 1987. Um, mm. and I call, and so I was doing the overnights or overnights, the, the late night shift on Saturdays and Sundays. And then before I was 17 years old and Ron Novotny got, God bless his soul. He just passed away. Uh, he said, Hey, you want to go call, call a high school softball game? And before you know it, uh, I'm at a high school softball game at age 17 doing my first play by play. 
And uh, this is all I've ever done my entire life. I, I took took a little break from radio as I did television. Um, and I love television. I, I don't miss it. I loved it because it was, it was a different medium. But uh, I'm happy now back in radio, and I love podcasting. I absolutely love podcasting. And uh, I have fun doing it. So, yeah. Some of those small town values still fit in there with you, or fuck, I didn't have it. small town values. <laughs> I'm just asking bullshit. You know, I, small town values. I know, what, right? what does that mean? Uh, okay, I, I mean, and, and I really, I, I've always tried I to think figure people out what mean it, hardworking. Yeah. I think that's that's the that's that's the impression I think that people have, right? I, I, yeah, it, it, you know, the, the small town values that that I. I don't miss living in a small town. I, I've never wanted to go back to Minden. I've never wanted to go back to Neola. Um, I don't miss living there, but I would agree with you, Chris, that there is a sense of community pride. Like I live in Omaha, Nebraska, right? There's not, I, there's not even community pride with my own block. You know, we don't, we don't close off the street and have a kid party anymore. Um, it, it, we, so I, I miss that aspect of it. Um, but yeah, there's a community pride and I, and I would agree with you. There are people here that I work with that are my same age. Listen, I grew up, uh, you know, my dad was a truck driver. He owned a trucking business. Uh, my job on the weekends was to hang meat hooks because he hung, he, we, he hauled the swinging meat, right? They don't even haul swinging meat anymore. They put the meat in the box. It's already cut up. We would open up the, the reefer trailer and we'd have just big old, you know, you remember the you remember the scene from Rocky when he went yeah. into the, the freezer and beat the shit out of the the side of beef. That's what my dad. That's what he hauled all the time. So when he got home, I had to go hang all those hooks. Then I had to wash the truck. Then I had to change the oil. There there's an expectation from a work ethic standpoint that I definitely do believe exists in a small town. Um, it, 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 now, does that mean it didn't exist in the city? I don't know. I know hard work in city kids. But the, but but I see what you mean about uh, the hard work and the community pride, and I just I always like to make fun of those values, right? I mean, it's just like right. you know, it's 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 Republican values, it's Democratic values, whatever, <laughs> right? Just you know, the value is do the right thing and work hard. It's not that hard. It's really not that hard, in life. Right? Yeah, I mean, I I would say I I grew up in a community of twenty seven hundred. Right now, I live in Minneapolis proper and you talk about community pride and you talk about shutting down the block. There's way more block parties, way more camaraderie amongst communities here in Minneapolis than there were in that town of 2700. And when you talk about uh, work ethic or kind of those small town values, I don't want to live in a small town. I certainly don't want to live in the small town I grew up in because I don't share the values because I don't, it's not that I'm not a hard worker. It's kind of the opposite. It's that what I value as being life exists outside of that small town. And yeah, I think, it, you know, that's true. My, my mom still lives in the town. Um, the life does exist. I, I, I'm grateful for where I grew up. I'm grateful for my experiences. They shape me good, bad, or indifferent for, for who I am today. Um, but it, it all will always have a connection, but, but I, but I'm a city guy now, right? I, I, I'm a city guy. And, uh, uh, actually I'm a European guy now. I'd, I want to live in Italy all the time if I could. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, we, we'll probably get into that a little bit later on, but it's, uh, um, you know, I like to travel and, and, and see the world because everybody's, I do know this, everybody's different. Everybody has something going on in their life. And the only thing, what I really don't miss about living in a small town is everybody knows your shit. Right. Yeah. At least I know yeah. in a city, nobody knows my shit. Yeah. <laughs> Except the people I want to know know my stuff. Small town, everybody knows what's going on. If you want to know small town stuff, go to a small town's Facebook page. 
Well, that's yeah, no, that's, that's terrible. Uh, you know, we're on that's old called man the strength. App, by the way. It, oh, say, man. Yeah, you know how, you, like, we're on old man strength is the three social media platforms you guys have referenced today are <laughs> Facebook, LinkedIn, and Nextdoor. <laughs> like, we're going to have to start calling this geriatric hey, man dude, strength. Like, dude, this is... L- LinkedIn's my favorite. <laughs> I'm serious. I live on LinkedIn every single day. I, I Now, granted... I do a lot of marketing, business, business sales on, on, on LinkedIn or just a connection, but I, it's not negative. It's really not that negative. I can, not. Get, I, I can get really good professional um, um, dialogue. You're right. I'm not on TikTok. You know who's on TikTok now besides the kids? All these Chris? stupid weather anchors. Just look at it. There's, <laughs> there's, TV, there's TV news. You know, all they complain about is take me seriously as a journalist. Okay. You want me to take you seriously as a journalist, and then you're in your studio dancing, and you're doing all sorts of stupid stuff, and then you have – and what I hate is the big thing now is – and I'm not being disrespectful. I, I appreciate that meteorologists get a degree called meteorologists, but now, you know, if you call a weather girl a weather girl now, that's politically incorrect, and you're disrespecting her and not giving her credit for a degree. No, it's not, it's not it. You know what? You know how many times I was called the sports guy on television? I was, oh, you're, oh, you're the sports guy. Well, uh, what if I went, you know what? I have a bachelor's degree in, in journalism, and I demand that you call me a journalist. You know how many times the weather guy was called the weather guy? You, you, you're, the news, you're the news lady. It's not disrespectful. It's just people, it's the way they think. And, and, and people get so butthurt about, oh, my God, you called me a weather girl. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it like that. It's just you, you do the weather on TV and you're a female. I just called you the weather girl. I'm a meteorologist. Well, yeah, I don't give a fuck. Well, yeah. yeah, but don't don't you think that there's a sense there? Like if they would have called you sports boy, where that would be a, a no, a, I don't care. Difference? I don't care. Well, I know you I know you don't care, but, but see, but see, I, I guess in this is where I just I just vet like this, right? I, I know mm-hmm. where you're coming from. Uh I, I but I think it's the intent, right? It, it, it's to me, uh, I, I don't mean it like that. And I don't go around saying weather girl. All I'm sure. saying is when you tend to draw attention to it, you tend to make the situation worse when you tend to, you know, sit there and complain about it. Cause I don't know really how many people go weather girl, weather girl, weather girl, weather girl. If you hear it once or twice and, and do this, but then you turn around and go on TikTok, I can show you people uh, and they are weather people. They are meteorologists. I can show you some TikToks. You go, Really? Really? How old are you? Because you're acting like you're 14 years old on this TikTok video. You know, if you want me to take you seriously as a journalist, if you want me to take you seriously as a meteorologist, don't act like you're 14 on TikTok. Don't chase the likes. Don't chase the, oh my God, I got 75,000 followers. If If that's why you're doing this, you're, you're doing it for the wrong reason. I tend to, when people bitch about something, then I tend to follow and pay attention and go, okay, well, let's, let's see if you're holding up your end of the bargain when it comes to this. That's just me. I, I know what you're saying. If they would have said weather boy or, or sports boy, I trust me, I've been called much worse. Um, <laughs> um, and I can promise you that I've got the emails and everything to prove it. Uh, uh, yeah, I've been called a lot of things. Uh, but but it's just one of those things. Don't die on that horse, right? If you're will, if it's really that bad, maybe. But I I don't think it's as bad as what everybody thinks it is. It's just people see somebody on TV and they're like, oh, you're the you're the sports dude. You're the sports guy. You're the you you're the newsman. No, well, it, uh, it's it's just like when I introduce when I introduced you on the podcast today. 
co-host of the morning show, you know, I, are you a journalist? Are you, you know, are you a media member? I mean, I, you know, well, my I mean? role's a- my role's changed over time, right? Am I a journalist now? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm an entertainer. I, I, I am a morning show host on a sports radio show. Do I still follow some journalistic principles? I, I, I try to because that that was my nature. For the first thirty years of my career, I was a journalist. I was a sports director on a Fox affiliate and then a CBS affiliate. I, I did the who, what, when, where, why, and how. Okay. So I was a journalist. I don't think that ever leaves you, but do I sit here and go on the morning show now and say, I'm a journalist? No way. No way. I, I do an opinion show. Okay. And uh, you can, and Chris, you don't agree with me all the time. That's fine. I don't care. Uh, hopefully you sit around and go, well, let's think about what Trav said. Here's why, here's why I don't agree with them. And you come to your own constructive views of why you don't agree with me. Or you go, you know, that kind of made sense. I can see where he's coming from. Yeah, I can give him that. That's all I want. I want to, I want to provoke thought uh, amongst people. So when I, when I say the weather girl stuff, I don't, I want people to think about everything, right? Take, take the, cause a lot of people just go, yeah, what, what she said. Yeah. What he said. Okay. Well, let's, let's think about this as a holistic type thing. Why, why, why would somebody do that? Is it really mean spirited when they do that? Do they give you a reason to do that? So it, I just want to be entertaining first. And then I want to make you think, and, and if I can do that, uh, that'd be great. But do I consider myself a journalist now? The answer to that is no way. Oh, and I think that that's what that, that did, that enticed a conversation that we're now having. Uh, I, I don't think that, I, I agree with you that I think intent means something. If I'm going in and I'm calling you it in a derogatory manner to then lessen what your accomplishments are, that to me, I think is out of line. But if I'm having a conversation and I say, oh, and I was to walk up to her and say, oh, you, you're the weather girl on channel 13 or whatever. I, that's not disrespectful in my mind. I'm just having a conversation and that's how I relate to her. Chris and, and, and Tim, I don't mean to keep you out of the conversation because Chris just listens to the show on a regular basis. And if he, and if he does this, I think, you know, there are some people in broadcasting television, radio, who ignore criticism or run from it and, and, and don't want to talk about it. I think I, you can vouch for me. If somebody criticizes me on the radio, I don't, we let them criticize. Don't we? I, I don't, I, I, we read critical tweets. We read people that rip us. We have people that call us and I don't, I don't back down from it. It's not even back down. I let them speak their piece. And sometimes I go, God, you got me there. You know, I, I think, I, I think that's what makes, I, I think, the morning rush pretty successful is that people know that we've built a community. I really do believe we have a community on, on the morning rush. And I, and I hope each and everybody feels comfortable in that community. And I think they know, Hey, I, we can poke fun at him and he's not going to get all hell bent and, and bent out of shape out of it. Because I, I understand if I, if I dish criticism, I got to be willing to take it. And, and, and if you can't, if it goes both ways, that builds trust amongst your audience. And I think, I think that is why, I'm probably able to get away with a lot more politically incorrect stuff th- that I get away with. I really do. Um, I, Chris, you know, this, I, I, and Tim, I don't know if you listen to the show or not. I, I get away with a lot of politically incorrect stuff <laughs> that most people would not get away with, but I think people understand my intent. I've been doing this 12 years now. I mean, it's weird that you have a guy who lives in Omaha, Nebraska, doing a morning show in Des Moines, Iowa, 
And most people now totally forget that I'm sitting in Omaha. We don't ignore it. We don't, we tell, we talk about me in Omaha, but I think most people in Des Moines forget that I'm even in Omaha as I do this. And they've really accepted me as one of their own. My, my life goal is to live in Des Moines. It really was. I wanted to, I went to high, I went to college in Des Moines. I wanted to be part of Des Moines media and never worked out for me. Uh, when I got this opportunity 12 years ago, I jumped at it. I thought it was great. And one thing I just said, you know, I'm not going to run. I'm not going to pretend that I'm not there but I'm going to try to, to, to be, uh, you know, as open and honest with everybody. And that's, what's cool about it. 12 years running here. I am in the, in the basement. Now I got a really nice studio in my basement. Okay. It, it's, 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 it's really nice, but it is a, uh, um, it, it's great. And it, it, we have a community and it's a community that's vulnerable with us and people share their own stories because I've got a lot of fucked up stories that happened in my life that I think people relate to and people are scared to be vulnerable about, you know, I, I talk about how I almost, how I got kicked out of my house by my wife. I talked about my bad relationship with my father. I talk about how my brothers and I have not spoken in 23 years. And, and, and the truth is a lot of people relate to that. More people relate to dysfunction than you'll ever realize. Cause you know what? It's a reminder to me that somebody's got something going on in their life. And if they can, if they can relate to somebody like, man, I, I'm going through that. I can relate to that. I know what's going on there and I can appreciate that. And sometimes you get people to call up and say, man, I'm going through the same thing. I'm right there with you. It's almost like, it's like a support group. I'm like a shrink in the morning. <laughs> well, yeah. Two points to that real quick, just to, I think, to reiterate what you said, as far as community goes, I think that was relevant when you guys lost your job and the entire community rallied. And, and, and boycotted. I mean, I, I remember thinking to myself, there's absolutely no way I'm listening to Mike and Mike in the morning. That show fucking sucks. Uh, <laughs> and, and then I, you're right. I, I have heard a lot of times you have said, listen, if you ever criticize or if you want to criticize me, whatever, call the show. Well, then they call the show and then you give them that chance. It would be hypocritical for you to say that and then not let them off. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's funny because people really get cringeworthy on, on when we do the uh, the penalty box on Friday, because we let them we let people go off on advertisers, we let them go off on Murphy, and we we let them go off on everybody, and we don't we don't screen it. And people go, "Well, they really let that go through." I'm like, "Well, that's if you're going to have a, a segment that's built around criticism, you got to be able to let them do it." If all of a sudden you're now you can't drop an f bomb, you can't sit there and swear, but we're not. We're, I mean, we've literally had people go after advertisers, and 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 you know, general manager does not say anything. They give us that, they give us that freedom because they understand, Oh, there's something working here. There, there's something works with this morning show and let's just run it ride. And, and, and advertisers don't get mad and, and the, the bosses don't get mad and everybody just feels they, they can get something off their chest and they can go to work and they laugh. I, I, my, my goal is when at eight o'clock hits when we go off the air, people are going to be laughing the rest of the day. That's what I want. Whether, I mean, I don't know if you guys heard scribbles the other day on, on, on the show, but scribbles called out of nowhere. Uh, she's a, she's a lady truck driver. Uh, she got stranded in Des Moines cause her Kenworth broke down and lo and behold, she's been calling the show the last two days. And it's, it, it's been, it's been a hoot, been an absolute hoot. Listen to scribbles. So, it, so if you think we're a sports show, we're not a sports show. Either. We, we go in eight million different directions. Well, so you you mentioned sponsors. Uh, we actually have to take a break here so we can grab a word from our sponsor. Um, but I do want to, after we go ahead and take this break, talk a little bit more about what that looks like when you uh, bring in maybe some wild cards and learn a little bit more about uh, maybe some some crazy stories you've got from some of that. 
Good. So uh, we will be back here in, in just a second uh, with uh, a word. The dog days of summer are upon us, and the weekend lineup of fun events at Revelton Distilling Company are really heating up. So if you want something fun to do on Saturday evenings, then look no further than what's brewing at Revelton at 1400 West Clay Street in Osceola, Iowa. Starting July 9th, Jesse and the Medicine Men are playing with Faux Wheels and Sushi Truck providing the food. Followed by July 16th, Sean Sullivan plays. July 23rd, Griffiths and Lindgren take the stage with Culinary Nomad Food Truck. And finally, wrapping up the month of July, on the 30th, come listen to Jake Schrope and have some of Chad's Pizza Food Truck. Can't make it to the tasting room? No problem. Check out their Instagram, at ReveltonDC, for recipes and tutorials on how to make their amazing spirits at home. And we are back. Once again, please go ahead and check out our title sponsor, Revelton Distilling Company in Osceola, Iowa. You can find them at 1400 West Clay Street. A lot of exciting things going on there. We are talking with our guest, Travis Justice. Before the break, I talked a little bit about asking him to tell us a little bit more about some of those wild cards and some of those people do call in. Maybe if there's been something that, that's been fun for him or surprising to him or, or maybe uh, a little bit challenging as well. So, Travis, what have you experienced when you have had people call in? Uh, you know, it, it, it's it's all over the place. I mean, two of the most memorable ones weren't even on KX. You know, they were actually at WHO and Sound Off. And one night I made a reference. That, you know, this is the Iowa Hawkeye Cullen football show. We're after a game, right? It, 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 you're after a game. And you're thinking, oh, my God, it's three full hours of Hawkeye football. And everyone is very, like, rational about whatever happened in the game. Yeah, they're, but here's, they're, they're thinking without here's, emotion. Here's what, here's what happened, okay? I made a small reference. Somebody called in and said, hey, I'm, I'm such and such from Minneapolis. And I'm like, you know what? I got, I still harbor bad feelings against Minneapolis. Minneapolis beat Tri-Center Neal in my high school in 1987 in the first round of the girls' six-on-six basketball tournament. And I'll, I'll never forgive people. That took the entire Iowa Hawkeye Collins show for the next two and a half hours into a deep dive discussion on girls six on six on basketball. In the state of Iowa. <laughs> and, and it was one of those things where, and nobody cared, you know, here you thought you'd have all these Iowa fans. It'd be irate that you just took their, their, their three hours of therapy, but you turn it into this nostalgic piece by total accident and went down this road of girls six on six basketball that hasn't existed since like 1994, 95 or whatever. And they lived through it. And you're like, wow, you got, we got done that show on, did that really just happen? Um, another one happened. We, we joke, Ross Peterson and I, have, we have such good chemistry together. Um, we're like Simon and Garfunkel on the radio. We really are. I mean, it's, it's, uh, one of you is super successful and the other one has has crazy hair. Is that what? Uh, no, I, <laughs> Chris knows what I'm talking about. And, and, and listen, I, Heather and I have great chemistry. We, we do a good show together. Ross and I have something special when we turn on the microphones together. I, I think I think most people would agree with that. I, I will say when when Heather's not there and I miss having Heather there because the show is great. I always joke and say it's like when mom leaves and the and the dad and the and his buddies are in charge for the weekend. That's what it's like when Ross is on. Like it, it's it's a complete chaotic 
shit show that is you know belly totally laughs organized and, though. Yeah. And right yeah i mean it's belly laughs and and and, and no low moment yeah it, it, but with serious conversations that didn't yes. turn, turn but you know ross always makes this joke because he's he's a critical thinker he's a great debater and and, and he 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 like he's always a constantly in learning mode well he ha he has a problem with like labels right he has a problem with like when you say the greatest generation so so we're doing this show we're doing sound off one night and we and i go and you're not gonna believe this folks this is on who which is the average listener there is like 70 ross peterson <laughs> does not believe the the greatest generation is the greatest generation he, you know, he's, you know, every generation's great. How do you, how do you make this one the greatest generation? And boy, that just took another football <laughs> show and and turned into this, you know, you're anti-American. You, you are, you, you're an absolute uh, idiot, um, you know, because then he went into John Wayne, John Wayne's from Winterset, right? Yes. He's like, you know, John Wayne didn't serve. What, what did John Wayne do? He put on an army uniform and film. He never served in world war two. So that goes down another route, but yeah, another one, and they're not really phone calls they are just great stories. And they happen to just, you know, I've got a lot of Sean Roberts stories just because we, and he's a, he's our producer. You know, you know, we we convinced him that Tommy Whopper was was a real basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> and, Sean is a friend of the podcast, so I can I can definitely appreciate. We had him that. convinced for a year that Tommy Whopper was like a real person who was an Iowa All State player or something like that, and he he took it hook, line, and sinker. How does but he not Google that? How does because, he not look that up? Because he's not smart. That's why he's a say, great guy. I was gonna say you you know Sean. He's he's a uh, He's he's a puppy. Like he he, he, he wants to believe. I you. mean, he's a male that owns a pug. Who owns a pug when you're a man? Right? I, I mean, really, who owns a pug when you're a 32 year old male? It, it, that's, it's just wrong. Okay. Um, Travis, you 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 asked the the top how many listeners we have, even if it's only one or two. Uh, Sean probably is one of those listeners, so there's a good chance he's heard this. So that's yeah, perfect. That, 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 that's that's totally. <laughs> fine because i say it to him on a, on a regular basis but this last year on the first episode of of uh, of sound off and i don't know why i always had the sound off stories but we started making a joke about we play a lot of music you know and again we talk it's a sports show that rarely ends up being about sports because we we start talking about music and sean played jet airliner by steve miller coming back i'm like oh my god i hate steve miller i went to steve miller band in 1991 at hilton coliseum and you know he went on this big politically charged rant and how he got to save the trees save the environment that's great i didn't pay to hear you say that i paid to hear jet airliner i paid to hear you know uh, abracadabra even though that's a really bad steve miller song so i've never liked steve miller ever since what happened was for the next 11 games people would start their phone calls with i hate steve miller i was at that concert and it was like this running <laughs> joke throughout the entire season and we got done with like the the big 10 championship game i go to ross and go we didn't go a week without somebody saying they fucking hated steve miller that was the greatest thing i i've, I've been a part of over an 11 week period um <laughs> that people just really jumped on and and gravitated towards and i and it, it made me realize and it, it, it just reiterates or, or or it goes to my belief is people make a connection with something they're probably not going to remember 
the guy who hit two home runs had three RBI. They're probably not going to win the national title, you know, three years ago, probably not going to win it, but they'll remember that time, man. You remember that time he talked about Steve Miller, man, man. And because they make a connection and, and they're able to, to, to latch onto it and, and really, you know, be a part of it. And, and like six on six basketball, if you're, if you're over 45, over 40, you know, there's a connection to that sport that goes pretty deep in the state of Iowa. And you have, you usually have a story that goes with it. And now that it's gone, you, you, you live for those nostalgic moments. So it usually comes down to, to history and, and music and, and, and some crazy stuff like that, that usually, and I, I know those aren't crazy stories that you were looking for, but those are ones that just real quickly stick out in, in my mind is like, wow, I can't, can't believe that happened. And I, and I undersold them. They were a lot better than when I, how I described <laughs> it. The, the six on six basketball is interesting to me. Cause I, I remember going to the, the six on six, um, Girls greatest game tournaments. ever greatest it, game ever and i'm going to tell you why yeah let's hear it well because i mean my high school team had karen jennings karen jennings was a first team all-state basketball player in the state of iowa she went on to the university of nebraska to become the all-time leading women's basketball score at the university of nebraska she averaged 76 points a game her senior year in high school her our team averaged like 98 a game you know what everybody talked about well it's it's we need we need we need equity here we need title nine they need to be five on five what you can say it was a disadvantage. Guess what? I much rather watch a fast paced six on six game where they scored 90 some points a game to where the first early years of five on five was no, that was like a junior high boys game. And you still see, they're a lot better today. It's a lot better, but it's still not as fast paced. And I still think back in that day and age, even though guards had to stay on one side of the, uh, the basketball uh, court, the, the shooters back in the day, were better shooters than you see today. They, we, Iowa had some of the best shooters, uh, female-wise, as, as you'll ever Connie Yori, um, Jan Jensen, Shannon Kite, Alin Lorenzen, Karen Jennings. I, I mean, look, look at the look at the Molly Tideback. I mean, just let's go through the the, the six on players I just named, and that thing had been around thirty years. I've been around thirty-five years, and you remember those players because they were so dominant. They were so good. Yeah, when, when did so like I've tried to explain to people up here in Minnesota what six on six basketball is like, I don't think they get it. And what I always try to say is like, so think about in football, you either play offense or defense. And that's kind of what six on six is like, because I think people have a hard time thinking about it. But when did it finally end in the state of Iowa? You know, I'm uh, I'm actually Iowa 1995. 1995 yeah, is 19, 1990 or 1978 in Texas or no, no, sorry. I'm wrong. 1978 in Texas, 1993 in Iowa, 1995 in the state of Oklahoma, 1993 in Iowa. It was yeah. that early for some reason. Yeah. I thought it stuck around longer. Um, uh, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it, to me, it's always, I think about all of these kind of corporate buzzwords we talk about right now with like strength spaced, like, I mean, I think about how many players are terrible on defense <laughs> <laughs> in in any average basketball game, but they're amazing offensive scorers. Like, why wouldn't I just want to see them go do the thing that they do well yeah. and not watch them do the thing that they do poorly? It, I, that's a good question. I, I, I don't disagree with you at all. Earlier, you were talking a lot about <clears throat> sound off, and that was one of the things I wanted to touch on. When did when did you start doing sound off, and oh. when uh, when you found out was that? I mean, was that something you'd always kind of wanted to do? Uh, being an Iowa fan, going up, being an Iowa um, fan. 
you know, I didn't know it was going to be a possibility when I started because I didn't know how it would work with me in Omaha. Um, I didn't know how Iowa fans would accept me knowing that for, for the better part of my career, I covered Nebraska football. They think you're automatically a fan. Listen, I respect Nebraska football. I covered it during three national titles. If you can't respect that, you're 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 idiotic, right? But I was never a fan of Nebraska football. I've I've grown to respect the program tremendously, and some of my best friends today are former players because I covered them. But I'm not a fan. Um, you know, it, it happened. I didn't think it was a possibility. I I, I thought sound off was boring. Um, I thought it had great potential to be very entertaining. Uh, John Miller, I thought was hamstrung because he was with Jim Zobel and you have to respect Jim, right? I mean, Jim had earned, earned that respect. When, when Jim passed away, I just said, I took the shot, right? Remember what I was talking about earlier? I took the shot. I called Joel McCray. I said, listen, I'm qualified to do it. I want to change the show up. I want to be with Ross Peterson. Give us a chance. Let us do that show and you won't regret it. And he was nervous. WHO is a very important radio signal, not just in the state of Iowa, but across this country. Um, and what they were about to put on WHO was something WHO had never heard before. Okay. And they, they let us go with it. And we, in, in the first couple of years were rough. They were rough because we, we had to create that transition. We had to get people to understand this wasn't your grandpa's sound off anymore. Sound off been on the air for over 30 years. We had to get people to understand, and we, we were unapologetic about it. People would call and criticize. We'd say, this isn't your grandpa's sound off. Things are changing. We're going to be critical. John Miller and, 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 and Jim Zobel were not critical of the program ever. They just weren't. People aren't stupid. You know, people, people want to call and, and they want to cry. They want, they, they want to bitch. They want to moan. And they want somebody to go, yeah, you're right. You know, it, it's not. So it, it went from being like, you know, this total pro Iowa, no matter what happened, the, 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 you know, there was something positive. Well, sometimes you get down the game, you go, that sucked. Mm -hmm. And you should be mad. You should be really, really mad. And then, you know, we don't talk football for the whole three hours. We go into music, <laughs> we go into a whole bunch of other things. And, and once we made that transition, um, I think uh, people got to understand us. And, and I actually felt sorry. And maybe it was partially our fault. But Jim Albrecht, who does the the Learfield portion of the Iowa Collins show, I mean, they were calling him and they were saying, dude, you need to get off the air because if we need Travis and Ross on the air now and you need to just shut up and get off the air. And and he was getting inundated with phone calls saying, stop, get off the air. I mean, I felt sorry for him because it was like it was on air bullying to the point where he didn't know what to do. I, and, uh, and we, we may have contributed to that a little bit. Cause we always make fun <laughs> of him when we come out of the show, like, Oh my God, did you just listen to how bad that show was? Jesus. Why don't they just let us go on here right away? So the sound off army, uh, the community, <laughs> damn right. Let's call up and now uh, let's, let's, let's tell them to get the hell off the air. That was probably not the, the best thing to do, but uh, um, yeah, that, it, it was just one of the things I asked. I really did. Chris, I said, Hey, I'd like to do this. They were hesitant because they know my style. They know I'm not politically correct. And they know that WHO is a conservative, conservative sit, stick and signal. Um, but you know what? It's It's been, I, I, I get to do it again this year. At least I, I hope. Uh, and uh, <laughs> um, uh, I'm looking forward to it. And I think Ross is too. Well, I, 
I mean, I, I once sent an email to Andrew Downs last year when they took the Cyclone one off and said, listen, if you're looking for a host, I'll do it. <laughs> he sent a very nice email back, said, I appreciate your gumption, but it's more to it than that. And that was the end of it. But I thought, what the hell? It doesn't cost me anything to send an email. So Yeah, exactly. It does, it, you're exactly right. It doesn't cost you anything to send an email. No, I so I appreciate what you're saying that like sometimes people just want to bitch. So yes, we, like we had we had uh, Tyler Kluver on uh, of the Washed Up Walk On yep. podcast of of Iowa football uh, history as well, and and you know one thing that like he talked about this past year's Iowa football team, uh, even when they were doing well, it was boring football to watch. So even when they're doing well it was very easy for fans to to complain to find something to complain about right and i think absolutely i think sometimes people just want to complain and so to to have uh any type of program that would only be kind of looking at you know the the bright side of things the perfect side of things isn't facing the reality of what people are feeling yeah i I mean let's use the quarterback situation I, I mean, they, they won the Big Ten West last year, right? They go yep. to the Big Ten title game, and you still have people who go, we could be so much better. We could do right. so much, you know, why can't we have a quarterback that's mobile? Why can't we have, you know, why can't we have what, uh, I don't know, what, what somebody else has? Because mm-hmm. they know you could be, you, you, you know you're good now. You realize, God, we really, it was we, there was a fine line between 10 wins and, and seven wins. Oh, and, yeah. you, and you want to yeah. make that line a little bit thicker, right? And and nobody, people like to win. They don't, but they will bitch when they win ugly. Now, oh, yeah. it, because because yeah. it, it, when you eventually do lose, when you eventually lose, well, guess what? Then then the wolves come out because they're going to be like, see, I told you so. I told you this was going to happen. Well, so I, Chris and I are both both cyclones, and we can think of several seasons where there might have been six losses, and five of those were by ten points or less, right? And so Iowa had one of those seasons where they were on the opposite side of of that on so many things, um. And so, yeah, just because you win doesn't mean it was a fun game to watch, no. or I had a good time watching that. And I think sometimes people just need to be able to get off of, yeah, but. <laughs> get that part of them out there. And that's, that's ostensibly the point of a show called sound off. Yes. Right. Yep. <laughs> yep. And that, and that's, what's great. Uh, two, eight, four, 10, 40, baby. And, <laughs> and, and I will tell you last year was, it was weird in that it was, it was nonstop. I, I don't remember a show and we have six lines that was not six lines deep for the entire show every single week. That, that had never happened before. And that's when we knew that people had really made the switch and, and adopted Ross and, and myself as, as one of their own and said, okay, this is the show we want to listen to because they weren't always, they weren't always football calls. People just wanted to call and, 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 and have a conversation. I mean, we, we, we had a girl call and we started asking how hot she was. Cause I go, man, you sound really hot, you know? <laughs> and, and then, <laughs> and then we we actually had somebody call who was next to them as they were stranded and they go yeah she's hot I, I mean so and then they roll down the window and they talk to each other while they're on the air and you're like this is too good to be true right <laughs> this is too good to be true it was awesome and then we got validation that she was hot <laughs> that's always the stamper that's always the best part 
Uh, uh, you know, was like, we, I don't know about this Travis guy. He's a, he's a <laughs> whack dude, man. Yeah. Tim's kind of whack. So. Yeah, I, I am. I'm, I'm a, I mean, I'm you a know, little... Travis, you had a partner named Tim, didn't you? I did. Tim Fisher. You know, the funny thing is Tim Fisher and I, we were, we, we, we got along great. We were just, uh, you know how uh, Ross and I are like Simon and Garfunkel? Uh, well, Tim and I were, we had zero chemistry. We had zero chemistry on the air. Him and I saw radio two different ways. And when I first started doing the, uh, it was TNT in the mornings. And when I first started doing the show, Tim like anchored the show. And what I mean by that, he was in charge of kind of making sure it ran and, and, and about, about three months in, I'm like, dude, I I'm sorry. I got to kick you out of the chair. And they did that because he was based in Des Moines. So he was there. He, he, he had the access to the producer and I just said, dude, I, I got to take over. It's, it's, I've got to, I, I'm a pretty domineering type A that way. Um, and, and I think I run a pretty good show that way. Um, and, and I don't think I've never had really anybody complain. Heather doesn't complain. Even when Ross and I are together, I, I run the show or at least anchor it. Right. And then, um, so it was, I, I took over and it got better. But him and I still didn't see eye to eye in the way things he didn't like the off coloredness. He didn't um he didn't like, you know, me pushing. I, I would go up to a line and I'd step about an inch over it. And I and I still do that today. Um, and I don't think he felt comfortable with that, which is which is fine. Uh then he eventually moved to, to Texas. Uh, he's doing well. Uh Ross came in and Ross and I did the show for about a year and a half. And they broke us up and then uh, Heather and I've been doing it what uh, seven years now. And, uh, and, and we're number one men, 25, 54. Uh, I think we're one of the, and it's a lead that's it's significant, uh, which is really nice. Um, you know, it, it, I don't know where I was going to go with this, but I was going to go back to sound off where, why I confuse people is so I host an Iowa show people know I'm an Iowa fan, but yet I have one of the most successful Nebraska Cornhusker podcast in the country. So you see where I confuse people, right? So I host a doc talk podcast with my good friend, Dr. Rob Zadiska, who's a former uh, Nebraska player, won a national title in 1994, former big eight player of the year, shared it with a big eight athlete of the year, shared it with Fred Hoiberg in, in 1994, played for the New York giants for five years. Uh, him and I did television together starting in 2001. He was my, I I did a show called sound off in, in Omaha and we started podcasting in like 2011. Well, I've grown in this to, you know, significant downloads. I mean, what I think is significant. Like I, it's last week, the, the episode last week was one of the top 100 football podcasts in America. That's, that's pretty big. Right. And so people are like, well, you're a Husker fan. I go, well, if you listen to the podcast, you'll know that I openly talk about my Iowa fandom and I openly um, banter back and forth about Iowa having won, you know, seven straight over Nebraska. And we go, And so it goes pretty deep, but, but I also understand who pays the bills on that podcast. I have a lot of Nebraska sponsors. So I have to say, Hey, when you want your Husker gear, go to huskerhounds.com. But Scott Strunk, who owns Husker houses has been a personal friend of mine for 30 years, you know? So it, it, but it goes back to where we originally started. You don't have to hate somebody because they like a different team. Right. Right. I I, I mean, I, I don't really like Nebraska. I respect them but I'll make money off them. And I have no problem making money. Off them. <laughs> I was, so, was going to say you, you, you have a, uh, a top gonna, 100 college football podcast with a team that isn't even in the top 100 football teams in the entire country right now. Well, but you could make the argument that there, there's a reason why, you know, Nebraska was what number 14 most watched. I mean, the brand power of Nebraska 
whether you like it or not, it exists. It's a real thing. Um, um, is it a, and, is it as strong though? Honestly, yes, yes, really, yes, yes, yes. It's it's. I think uh, I just saw it's like the fourteenth most powerful brand in, in college football right really? now. Really? See, yeah. I just I just saw another thing that was ranking the value of Power Five teams, and Iowa State was ranked ahead of Nebraska. No, not even close. It's not even close. I, and I don't mean that. Now, is there a difference between that and brand like brand power as opposed to what Tim is talking about, though, that list that Tim's talking about? There, there could be. I have to see it, but Nebraska <laughs> does go coast. There's advantage that Nebraska has. Um, you know, their fan base really, their fan base in California, Arizona, Florida, really all over the country. Um, when you're an only, when you're a, an only school in a state, th- th- I mean, you dominate everything, right? I mean, they, they don't have any competent, no pro sports, no other, no, no, no other football. To, to, yeah. But yeah, but, but if you only have five people in the state, just getting a hundred percent of the population doesn't make that, that a brand. Power. It's 1. 3, <laughs> 1. But, it, but it really is like if, if just because you dominate the entire state doesn't make that brand power. Uh, right. Uh, it's not, but you, you're thinking Nebraska itself. I, it is a national brand. Is it though? Again, yes. like, no. Yes. So, it like, is. so I'm it, looking at this article right now, sports illustrated that just posted this. Uh, of this all the power five, of all of the power five show, teams, Iowa was at 21 in the country, Iowa state 27, Nebraska 33. And I think that's perfectly fair. I don't think they have the brand power. They, that I, they, I, they once did. The, Nebraska was one of the, I think last year was, I think, and I, and I don't have the, the article with me, like the 14th most watched on, 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 on television. Um, and, and there's a reason Nebraska was invited to the big 10 and so Iowa the, state was not, but, but this literally, this literally includes football attendance and broadcast viewership as part I, of their metric. I don't know how you, I don't know how you could say that, that, that football attendance is, is they get 92,000 a game. Well, but, 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 but what I'm saying is, is part of the, is that is part of this metric in there. And when you talk about broadcast viewership, the big 10 network skews all big 10 numbers in the first place. Right. I mean, Rutgers probably has large viewership numbers just because of the fact that the big 10 network exists. I don't think that that means Rutgers has any type of brand power anymore. I would, I would just disagree with you. And I don't, I, I should have done some study before I got here. I will, I will argue because Probably you live in Omaha. Yeah. No, it's not because I live in Omaha. It, <laughs> well, you, you don't it, you don't think you're you don't think you're you're in some sort of kind of echo chamber of Nebraska? No, I don't. Really? I really don't. I I've been around college football enough and been around this brand enough to understand there is power in it. Nebraska goes coast to coast much more than Iowa State does. I, I, it, I Iowa State is if, a regional. If they could ever make a bowl game again, I would agree. Iowa State is a regional brand. Oh, I'm not. I'm not saying Nebraska isn't a bigger brand than Iowa State. I'm. I know I referenced this article where it said it is. I just do not believe that there. If you ask anyone under the age of forty, I would. I, who Tommy I, Frazier is, who who Tom Osborne is, who anybody in Nebraska football. Like, I don't even think people under the age of 40 even remember who Scott Frost really what he meant to college football. Yeah, like, you're probably you're you're probably correct. Um, now there, there are some who keep, keep it alive. Uh, but, but I still think you have enough old geezers out there who don't, people... who don't mean anything for brand anymore. Oh, well, I don't know. Do they spend money? Not to... nearly what there's a reason why no one is targeting 
anyone beyond millennials. I'm Gen X and I'm not being targeted anymore. Okay. I don't matter anymore. Okay. So Nebraska is in the middle of a $250 million capital campaign, which they'll, they'll get their collective is at $10 million right now. 10 million. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's Iowa state's collective at? I, again, I'm not saying Nebraska compared to Iowa state. I would agree that that, uh, that one sports of, Illustrated thing, isn't it? But what I would say is I don't think they have the brand power, the national brand power. I don't think anyone cares. I, I would I would agree with you that that from a media standpoint and some other things and a consumer people, standpoint, yeah, uh, I think they don't matter anymore. Are they are they selling jerseys? Uh yeah. I've I've so I will tell you that up here in Minnesota, I see Every Big Ten jersey for sale in your local Dick Sporting Good. I have never seen a Nebraska jersey for sale here once. I've seen Michigan State. I've seen Michigan. I've seen Ohio State. I've seen. I'm just impressed you have a Dick Sporting Goods. All ours closed. We have Shields. Uh, yeah, we have those two. <laughs> but but my point is, is, I don't think. I just don't think outside of. Do do they do it on purpose? Seriously, I, I no, want to know if they do. No, they... no, no, man. I was at a, a Minnesota Air Force game where the chant came out. Who hates Iowa? We hate Iowa. They hate the Hawkeyes that much. And that wasn't Iowa had nothing to do with that game. Every gopher fan up here feels no attachment to Nebraska because you know every, that, every Nebraska rival, you know why that is? rival game in the Big Ten is but contrived. Do you know why that is? Because it's not a natural rivalry. They've still that, only been in this league for 12 years. And that's what I'm and that's what yeah. I'm saying is they they, so, they they lost all of their natural rivals. They don't have Oklahoma anymore. They they don't have Missouri. They don't have Kansas. They don't have any of those natural rivalry games. They're I, all I, contrived. I think it's I a will, fake brand. I will give you that. But what are they I what are they to do? The, their problem is they had they they got to the Big 10 title game what twice under Bo Pelini and they weren't able to finish against Wisconsin. I, I will agree with you 100% that they've struggled in the Big Ten to maintain or even build that brand to what the Big Ten thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. But I'll still go to my grave today saying that it's a bigger brand than Iowa State. So I, I will concede I will concede to you that Nebraska is not in the Big Ten the brand that it thought it would be and has suffered the last 20 years. Absolutely. And I will, does conce- it, I will does concede. Does it still have a national brand to it to, to where it, it commands some power? Absolutely. It does. Just because when you have, when you're still remembered for what could be the greatest college football team ever in 1995 um, and a dynasty that put together, listen, I don't live in the past. A lot of people, but everybody lives in the past. It wasn't that far ago. Um, I I mean, hell Notre Dame lives farther in the past than than most people. Right. Oh yeah. I, I mean, is Notre Dame, I mean, Notre Dame's brand is what it is. Should it be? Oh no, it, I no, I no. I have I have my own problems with Notre Dame, and yeah. I think I, so, I told Sean as much when he was on here. But so I, no, it, I I will concede, and I I already conceded that that Nebraska's brand is bigger than Iowa State. Like I said, that one that one thing. I just don't. I think their national brand is an absolute shell of what it used to be. What and it's I a will, bunch of Nebraska fans, like my uncle who got recruited by Tom Osborne to play football at Nebraska. It's a bunch of those people that are trying to pretend like it's a still a relevant brand in today's landscape. I, I, I would agree that it's diminished. I still think yeah. it's, I still think it's big. I think it's still bigger than most people will give it credit for. Um, so but, if, if, if most people don't give it credit, that's literally the definition of brand. No, I said the definition most, of brand is, is who gives it credit. That's, that's the definition of brand. So who, I mean, 
who has a big brand then? I mean, Oregon. Give no, me, your, give me, no, no. don't look at your list. If I were to say, give me, don't look at the, 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 the sports illustrated list. Yep. Okay. Just give me your, give me your top brands in college football. Alabama. Okay. Clemson, Ohio state, Michigan, probably, even though they shouldn't. Um, shit. Half the Florida schools shouldn't, <laughs> and they still probably do. Uh, I'm not going to give Texas any credit because I think that brand has suffered uh, tremendously. It's still a pretty powerful brand. It's still a pretty powerful band, but I think, I think what their, you br- just their did, brand what you is, just did, you see what he just did though, Chris, it, which is normal. And I'm not criticizing. You just went basically the top five in the Associated Press Bowl. I, I, well, I mean, no, it, I, I, I went from winning the, and brand go hand in hand. I, and I get it. Yeah. I understand. I still think from a historical standpoint, um, there are schools out there that carry weight um, just based on from history. a historical standpoint, Minnesota used to be a very respected brand, and I don't think their brand is worth shit right now. Now you're also going back to the 1940s and 1950s, so you you you've gone a little bit farther back. At least at least there are some. Uh, I mean, is USC still a powerful brand? Because USC has not been good over the last several years, but yet in the early uh, yeah, 2000s, I, I, th- I think I think USC and UCLA still have very powerful brands. Oh, I, I don't think, you, think UCLA I, does. I think UCLA brand sucks. So let me, I, let me I, ask it this way: UCLA still lives off John Wooden and basketball. Cool, right? and, that's and, no yes. different than Nebraska living off Tom Osborne in in the 90s. So then, why then why was UCLA able to jump ship like they just did? Um, well, that's easy. Uh, Los Angeles. You already have USC. You want two. If you can take two, take two. And it's a natural rivalry. You, you secure the natural rivalry. The Big Ten did not want to break up that natural rivalry. They said, okay, we'll take. They don't we'll- want to break up natural rivalry. They pulled Nebraska away from every natural rivalry they had. No. I don't Nebraska- buy that argument that, for they a did second. Not pull- the, the, see, you need to understand what happened there. Nebraska wanted out of the Big 12 because Nebraska did not like the way N- Texas dictated everything that happened in the Big 12. The Big Ten, Nebraska courted the Big Ten. It wasn't the other way around. Tom Osborne, from the beginning of the Big 12, and I was there, never liked the way that it was set up. He said, if we do this com- combination with the Southwest Conference, you're going to let Texas run everything, and yep. that's going to lose everything the Big 8 had. And, and how well one- and how well has that worked out for Nebraska ever since? Uh, well, it depends on how you look at it. You view things in wins and losses. Nebraska will view things in money. If it was still in the Big 12 Conference, it would be falling short with the money. If you look at the research that the University of Nebraska Medical Center gets from being a, the AA school, AAU school and within the, um, the Big Ten Conference, the windfall financially has been tremendous for the University of Nebraska. So it depends. You, you look wins and losses because that's, that's what most people do. I will tell you that Nebraska will go mo- monetarily, it was the best thing they ever did. Competitive did, wise, they're still trying to find their did, landscape. Did did Nebraska regain their AAU uh, status? It, they they did. They did get it back because okay. they were not a member. They were not. They got kicked out that first year. That was a big deal. They got uh, no. They got kicked out in 2011. Well before. No, it was well, right after they joined. So they joined well, in 2010. Was it okay? Yeah. So, so, yeah, they, so, joined, so they got kicked out. So yeah, so they got kicked out right you, away. Yeah. So you can't tell me that 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 the Big Ten is what gained them AAU when they literally lost that after. No, you. I didn't say that. I said when they got. <laughs> I didn't say the Big Ten gave them the the AAU. You have to earn. You have to yeah. earn it. No, no yeah. conference gives you that AAU status. 
but what I so will then say, it's an irrelevant point, is what I would say. For, I guess what I'm saying is, depend on what define success. Is it mo- is it money or is it wins and losses? Because Nebraska will still tell you the best thing they ever did was get away from Texas and that dysfunction that was the Big Twelve Conference for a long time. And it, it and let's be honest, Chris, you're an Iowa State fan. Tim, I'll take it. You are too. The Big Twelve is much better now with Texas and Oklahoma out of there. From a functionality standpoint, from a, from a, from a, it seems like they have their poop in a group a lot better that they don't have to worry about those big boys saying, "Hey, you're going to do it our way or no way." We're 100%. much better off. I, I we're much better off because we have a better commissioner now. I think I think we we we've gone through a history of of some pretty shitty commissioners. I and, think Dan Beebe was a complete absolute joke. Oh, Dan Beebe was, was a thing. joke. And, and it's let's the worst go thing back, to happen to that league. And let's go back to USC and UCLA. Yeah. UCLA and USC were going to have to do the exact thing that Texas and Oklahoma did to the Pac-12. Granted, rights were up. They were going to have to go, hey, that's great, but you're going to have to pay us more money than everybody else because we're the glue of this thing and we're bigger and better than you guys. Therefore, you either have to give us more money or we're going to bolt. Instead of doing that, they just went ahead and bolted together and said, you know what? We don't have to play that game in the Big Ten. We're all going to get equal money because we're all going to get $100 million a year. $100 million a year. Let me ask you this, just to to, to maybe settle this brand yeah, conversation. Tie a bow on this, please, Chris. <clears throat> I, I think the best way to tell whether or not something is a national brand and a well-known brand is to go to an average fan who is not as involved as, say, us three in, in, in the nuts and bolts mm-hmm. and say, tell me what your top five, what are the top five well-known college football teams that you know of off the top of your head? Mm-hmm. I would venture to guess, as much as it pains me, Nebraska would probably be, be named just based off of get outside of Iowa, Chris. I, I understand. Go to that. Chicago. Go to 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 Kansas City. Even I think I think in Iowa, so many people have Nebraska up their their butts because Iowa and Iowa State have have, have played them for the last forty years. That they I, don't I didn't, think that outside of outside Tim, of I did Iowa, not say I did not say within Iowa. I'm I'm just saying. I know you're. I know you didn't say casual, without. I know a casual I'm saying, fan and say correct. What what Ask five casual, teams first come off come off the top of your head? I would venture to guess the majority of the time Nebraska would be. Would ask be ask ask someone under the age of fifty in Kentucky, and I guarantee you, it'll be Nebraska. <laughs> well, I mean, I, that's, I a, bad, that's a bad pool. that's a great pool. They're the I, people I, who I, matter anymore. I'm I will sorry. give I will give Tim credit there. I it would be the age group you pool. So, I mean, yes. there would be, I mean, that you would still have, if, if I, if you pulled some, some 85 year olds, they would say Alabama, but still remember Paul Bear Bryant, you know, they probably wouldn't know who Nick Saban was. So I, I mean, it would depend on on your age group. Um, I don't know if we're ever going to settle this debate. People are, cause people are passionate about it and, and, and I get it. Um, but I don't, I, it's one of the, that's a, that's a hard thing about lists, right? That lists make sports radio go round because they're debatable. People just put them out for, for, for good conversation and, and fodder. And um, I don't know if there's ever really any definitive answer. Tim's pretty passionate. Nebraska's not a big brand. I'm passionate that they, they have brand recognition and name recognition. That's, that's still on a national stage. Um, and I think this is going to be one of those. We agree to disagree. You know, I, no, I, 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 my final thought is I live five hours away from Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, I used to live a lot closer to Lincoln, Nebraska. I can tell you here in the Twin Cities, when Nebraska moved to the Big Ten, I told all these Gopher fans, watch out. Nebraska is going to steamroll all over the Big Ten. I thought they were going to dominate. They were going to own the Big Ten. And I will tell you that every 
gopher fan up here went, who? They don't care. Outside of the time, outside of the places where Nebraska was relevant, they don't care. Well, they because no they, they, they've just marked 1983 out of their brains when I think Nebraska put 84 on the gophers up there in the dome. But they really don't. When you live in an area where Nebraska yeah, was do, relevant. Okay, do, do gopher fans really care about anything? Seriously, I, I I mean, yeah, they do. They they think that they think Wisconsin's a bigger rival to them than they really are. They think Iowa's is, a bigger rival to them because than they, really they played are. for Floyd or Rosedale in, in the in the Paul Bunyan Act. But at the end of the yeah. day, but at the end of the day, uh, Gopher athletics is I can make the argument is a joke just because you're in a city that 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 cares more about the Vikings, the Twins, and uh, no, nobody and cares about the Timberwolves. Uh, or, well, yeah. You know, I no, I, I I certainly think that's fair. It's a pro town before it's a college yes. town. Yeah, I mean, there's no, a reason fair. you built a brand new stadium and only seats forty thousand. Yeah, that no, that is true. I thought that was a that, that was a huge joke, and I and, and I was a, say, and you don't sell it out. So and I, I was mean, a season <laughs> ticket holder that first year too. Absolutely. Okay. Um. All right. Well. Uh. Why don't we go ahead and uh, take a break? We're gonna uh hear a little bit from our sponsor, Wintrust Mortgage. Uh. And then we will actually get into a sponsored question that Chris is going to ask. So we will take a break, and we will be right back. Are you in the market for a new house and unsure of the mortgage process? Want to know that you have someone looking out for you? Kyle Lehman from Wintrust Mortgage is a down-to-earth, knowledgeable lender who can be there for you in your corner. He can work with you in any of the 50 states and is just what you need to expand your home search. Kyle will work with you through the entire process with little to no work from you. Take the worry of the mortgage process out of the equation so that you can focus on looking for your dream home. Contact Kyle at www.wintrust.com forward slash Kyle dash layman or call him at 515-473-0546. And we are back. So before the break, I went ahead and teased a sponsored question. So Chris, I will go ahead and let you ask that question. Yeah. So, uh, Travis, we're going to switch gears a little bit. Um, you know, you're a dad, you're raising four kids, uh, you know, from what I hear on the radio, the great kids that you got there. Um, I'm excited to go watch Owen uh, at the fair. I'm going to go watch him uh, at the fair and we can talk about that in a little bit. But I, we talk a lot about past perspectives and things like that. Mm-hmm. 2022 Travis Justice can go back and talk to, to, to your version of yourself 10 years ago. What, what do you, what do you tell him? What piece oh, of wow. advice do you give him? Wow. That's it. You know, <laughs> that, that that's a good question. And um, believe it. Now, does this come with career wise? Whatever come, you want to answer. Um, don't, don't become too comfortable. Don't become too comfortable. I'm 52 years old. I'll be 52 in September. I've literally had four jobs in my life. I'm loyal to a fault. Um, my first job, I, I got fired because I got in an argument with my my boss. We got in a fist fight out in the parking lot. I was and two TV anchors going fisticuffs in Wausau, Wisconsin is 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 kind of funny uh, until you get fired. Then I went to uh, the Fox affiliate in Omaha, Nebraska. I worked there for uh, nine years, and I then left for the CBS affiliate. 
Uh, I was there for 10 years and I've been at MCL construction for 12 now. And to me, I've always taken, I talk about always asking and, and, and this is where my risk adverse comes in. I don't take a lot of risk. I'm calculated, but I'm also loyal because I like the people I work for, but you know, I, I always wonder, you know, I'm to the point now is, is there anything out there? Am I going to miss out on anything? And am I too old to do it? And I think, and I think sometimes I go, did, did I just choose comfort for the last 10 years because it was safe because I was putting my kids through private high school and, and private grade school that I knew it was this, I, I knew it was there. Right. And, and, but to go back and say, you know, don't get too comfortable. Go ahead and and try to to ruffle the feathers a little bit. Go ahead and say, you know what? I, I there may be other opportunities. I don't think I've ever looked at other opportunities the last twelve years, uh, because I've just been comfortable. So I would say uh, I'd go back ten years and say, personally, get out of your comfort zone because you can preach a good thing, and I, I think I do get out in some in some aspects with the radio, but when it comes to other parts of my life. I, I like that normalcy and I, and I like that security and I like the, the known of what my paycheck's going to be every single week uh, and putting that risk scared the shit out of me. So I would, I would go back 10 years and say, don't, don't be afraid to get out of that comfort zone and take, take, take some more risks. Well said. Yeah, ab ab I, absolutely. Yeah. I think that, uh... because I think I'm a hell of a parent because I, <laughs> you know, I, I, I look at my kids and my wife and I have, uh, uh, my wife's done a tremendous job, but you know, I, I, I think we've always encouraged our kids, you know, I, we've never been, you know, don't do drugs because we, we drink with our kids. What I mean by that, we, we've never said, Hey, you know, here, here's a glass of wine. If you want a glass of wine with us, if you want to have a beer with us at home. That's great. Just don't go out and drink. And, and I think they, I think they did that. You mm. know, when I was growing up, drinking was never taboo. You know what I never did in high school? never drank because I'd never felt like I was getting away with anything. Everybody that I knew who drank in high school is because their parents were on them all the time and they were trying to get away with something. I'm like, yeah, I can drink it. home. it's not that big of a deal. I'm not going to drink. Right. I mean, so it wasn't taboo. So we've tried to make things not taboo and we tried to let our kids just uh, succeed and fail and, and, and try new things and, and be as creative as they want and follow their dreams. And that's what I tell them all the time. I said, you know what? I've been working since I was 22 years old. Um, and I realize now I, I sacrificed a lot, you know, trying to climb that ladder. If, if fail, go do whatever you want. I don't give a crap. Just, just have a plan and try to go with that plan and, and go with it. So I think I've been a really good parent, even though I have done some things to mess them up, but for the most part, my wife's got me back on the, the straight and narrow. So, uh, I, I've raised four pretty good kids. Well, wives will do that. Yes. Good wives will do that for you. Uh, and I think Anjanette's a teacher, right? Uh, she is, you know, she, so, she, she's a, she just, so is mine. See, she only does the substitute thing now, which is nice. Cause that way, uh, we can kind of go on vacation whenever we want and she doesn't have to be tied to, to one school and do that. So, you know, she stopped working. She was a stay at home mom for the first boy. She didn't go back to work till Greta started kindergarten. So that was, I mean, that was almost 20 some years. Right. So that, uh, uh, that was, that was, it, there, there's why I became too comfortable. Cause I, I am like, okay, I can't afford to lose anything. My wife doesn't have an income. If something goes wrong, we're going to lose everything. So that kind of made me, um, scared at some point for, to doing things, but you know, um, yeah, she, she's a, she's a tremendous teacher. Here's how mess things up though. This is so stupid. Is that, uh, and she's a substitute for another reason, because in state of Nebraska, um, even though she can go to Iowa right now and teach because, 
she she graduated from Iowa State and she still has a license in Iowa. She let her license lapse in Nebraska because she taught here and then had the babies and stopped working. My wife's been has raised four tremendous kids. She's got a seasoned vet. She goes in the classroom. She's by far one of the most requested substitute teachers. She's been at one school last year. She didn't leave. She was there every day. She taught every day at a school at one school every day. That's how short a substitute teachers are. Yeah, they are. But, but, but she can't become a full-time teacher because she has to go back to school and student teach according to Nebraska rules. You're like, oh really? You're like, really? Are we to this point? This is how messed up the educational system is, is that you have somebody overly qualified to be a teacher but because she you know raised a family and did something that you know you're gonna say you got to go back and and get like 12 more credit hours and student teach she's like well but yet she can be in the classroom every single day yeah, that doesn't make any teacher. sense it doesn't it, it, it's it's so stupid the bureaucracy that takes place in some place you go we we don't think anymore about uh you know the practicality of that but well uh, as my old man used to say, uh, America itself has lost its common sense. <laughs> well, there, there's tr- <clears throat> there, there's so, some truth to that. Some very big truth to that. Excellent. Um, well, Chris, what else did we want to cover with Travis? I think uh, we've probably taken enough of Travis's time. Travis, you want to plug anything that you that you got going on? Um, I know you got your podcast, and so so yeah, your he, your Italy trips are coming up, right? You're going yeah, in exactly. December. So oh, you're right, right, yeah, I right. did want to ask about Italy. Yeah, go ahead. Well, because I've like my experience in Italy is basically Rome and a little bit else. Um, it well, was, Rome sucks. I, I'll never oh, go to Rome. Oh yeah, again. Rome. Rome. Rome is terrible. Like it, whenever people talk, ask me about traveling to Europe, I'm like, you know what? You Rome is neat. Spend a day there and then move on. Uh, yeah, I mean, Rome is. Uh, I've been to Rome twice, um, and I don't have a desire to go back. We go to Florence every year, so you know, some people go to Okaboji every year. They have the lake house. I go to Florence for two to three weeks, and and that's what I spend my money on. And my wife and I don't get each other any any um christmas gifts birthday gifts anything we we just go to we go to florence and and that's what we do um i went in 2009 is the first time in my life i've ever decompressed i took the i took the entire family uh we were there 17 days i came back and i started a podcast called the total tuscany podcast and so we've been podcasting and we don't have a lot of episodes just because it's hard i want it to be about tuscany i want to interview people from tuscany i just right before we went on finished editing episode number 84 so, um, but, um, you know, a, a couple of years ago, I was taking people to Tuscany and planning trips. And I'll never do that again because, uh, people are high maintenance and they bitch a lot. So, what, <laughs> so and that, no, and what I mean by that is when you travel, because you, you, I tried to take my experience and give them that and everybody experiences something differently. So what I try to do now is I, I run a consulting firm to where if you want to go to Italy, if you anywhere in Italy or in Tuscany specifically, is that I have partnered with some of the most sought after travel planners in Italy. And so I'm kind of like that middleman, right? Yeah. I I'm your conduit in the United States, somebody you can talk to, somebody you can trust. Cause when, when you book a, when, when you book a, a trip that costs that much money, you're like, do I trust these people? How, how do I know? Yeah. Right. So, so I, I give you that ability to talk to somebody before you go really kind of give you, listen to you, 
then start putting that itinerary together. Then I have somebody uh, over there who who really handles the logistics of of making sure all that stuff's purchased, everything's uh, confirmed, and stuff like that. So um, totaltuscany.com, the, the the website's in a rebuild right now, but I've been doing that for a while. Um, and if you want to know anything about Italy, um, especially Tuscany, uh, that's it's it's one of the most popular Tuscany. Not that too many people podcast about Tuscany specifically, but uh, <laughs> so, I, so I can say it's one of the most popular Tuscany podcasts. In the country. Um, That's like when we say Dan McCartney called us professionals. We, yeah. One person tells us professional. We're hanging our hat on that. Now, I, I mean, I've had some really good people. I mean, like tomorrow morning, I'm interviewing somebody from Florence who runs the Florentine magazine, and it, it's an English magazine uh, that caters to English speakers, uh, not just here in the United States, but also Florence. Um, because, you know, right now, Venice is actually considering doing a, a tourist tax. Socialist countries are so stupid. Uh, this is why they're poor, right? I mean, this is why they, they switch governments almost every single two weeks in Italy. Italy just had a, its prime minister resign, and they got to reform another government. And they're broke, um, um, but we take advantage of it. They, they need money. And, and Venice is like, well, we're going to charge a tourist tax. If you're going to come into the city and, and enjoy our tourism, uh, we're going to tax you for it. And I think that's absolutely ridiculous, right? I mean, can, can you imagine people just come to Des Moines and say, hey, we're going to the Iowa State Fair. Well, that's great. We're going to charge you a fair tax. Well, no, we want people to come to your city. You want people to experience it. You know, to me, it, to me, that's what a hotel tax is. That's your tourist tax because a lot of that money goes back to the convention. So if I, now Florence is actually considering a tourist tax and we're going to talk to her about it tomorrow. I'm going to, I'm going to be totally anti-tax because it doesn't make any sense that you want people to visit and, and your country thrives so much off of tourism when COVID shut, you know, COVID shut Italy down and my friends over there, that's, that's what they, they were, they were heartbroken because they're tourist guides or tour guides. Think about this. You know, think about it. this is, I want people to think about this. My best friend over there, Anna Maria Mondolfi, who runs cool tours. She's uh, she, by Expedia, one of the top, um, uh, tour drive tour operators in, in Tuscany with with wine trips. She's taxed at seventy five percent, guys. Wow, seventy five percent. Think about that. That, that it's an and, and and she has to follow some of the strictest government regulations you'd ever. She can't drive her van or give a tour within Florence because she's not licensed in Florence. She has to do it out. I mean, it, there's just so many weird weird things that happen. And then they don't collect their taxes there. She has to pay like a year later. So you have to so think about the cash flow on that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it makes zero, zero sense. But Italians are great. They're passionate. They have great food. Um, and uh, I love telling stories about Tuscany. So total Tuscany. And if you want uh, to, to listen to Nebraska football, uh, it's called the Doc Talk Podcast. It's with Dr. Rob Zanuck. Zaska. We talk a lot of other things besides Nebraska. We talk because we actually drink. Uh, yeah. Did I hear you're a brewer, Tim? I am professionally. Yeah. So if you want, honest to God, so half the podcast, we, we drink beer. We drink. We had now I get people are sending us beer from all over the country. It's sure. almost it's almost sick. So I get a shipment. I don't want I don't give my home address. So at work. Everybody's like, where's all this beer coming from? Well, it's a podcast. <laughs> so they're, they're like, oh, my God, I got beer shipments coming every single day because we talk about beer. We talk about craft beer. And people are like, you got to try this. All right. Can we send you some? Yeah. So I've got people sending me beer all the time. It's really cool. 
Um, and uh, so that, that's well, what I Travis, do. If, if you would like some beer from from Minnesota, I would very happily send you some. Yes. And I uh, could come on and, and argue with you again. It'd be fun. <laughs> you know what? You would be kind of fun to have on with Dr. Rob. Because uh, I'd let you sit back and do your argument against Nebraska and, and how it's not a big fan. <laughs> we, we, we'd be able to work this out. We 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 could make this one happen and, and see how that went down. I think it would, I think it would be down. a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now, I want you to know, yeah, you, you would be talking to a guy that's a lot smarter than me. Dr. Rob, I got a 39 on the wonder look during the draft. It was the second highest wonder look in NFL history. Oh, wow. So, I mean, the dude's pretty smart. But uh, he he would formulate uh, much better thoughts than, than than I do. That's for sure. No, I, well, no, I appreciate that. I think I'm very smart, so I think that probably counts just as much. I think I can spell Wonderlick. <laughs> yeah, see, I know you can't spell Wonderlick, Chris. You, you know how people think there's. You, you know, I'm the Sean people, Roberts of this show, by the way. <laughs> you know, Chris. You know when people think they're smart, they yeah. become bre- they become brewers. That's right. Yeah. Oh, oh God! No, I, I, I tell you what, we have some of the uh, <clears throat> smartest like, in the industry. Well, well, yeah. I'm not saying I know you are smart, but you're also no. pissed off at the world that you just go, "Fuck it, I'm going to brew beer. I'm not going to. I'm not going to work a real job." Oh yeah, no, dude. I I I spent I spent uh two plus decades trying to be like have a real career, and then decided that you know the real smart thing was taking a pay cut that was a third of what I used to make in the corporate world. That's how smart I am. <laughs> yeah, but you're happier, right? You're happier. In theory. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Guys, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I never thought it would go an hour and a half. That's impressive. No, Travis, this is this is great. This was fun. Thank you very much. Glad to help. Thanks for the invite. And you guys need me to come back. Uh, I'll come back. We never, did get, we never did get into my dysfunctional familyhood. I mean, hell. I, I tried to creak the door open a little bit. I was waiting for you to kick it in. Oh, no. I, I, I Maybe I just didn't take the clue. I could have easily gone down that. That's another two hours. So, uh, well, there we go. We're going to book episode uh, two with Travis Justice. There you go. Family Matters. That's, there that's, you that's go. what we'll call it. <laughs> Family Matters. Yes. <laughs> yes. Subtitle Did I Do That? Okay. That's right. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Travis, thank you very much for joining us on Old Man Strength. We very much appreciate it. Uh, this was certainly a fine one. We look forward to having you back. Excellent. Chris, Chris, is there anything else you want to say before we wrap this thing up? Go visit our title sponsor, uh, Revelton Distilling, down in uh, Osceola. They got great weekend getaways going, and Travis's son Owen Justice playing the fair August thirteenth, right? Yeah, Free he's going to be. Yeah, Owen is. Uh, he's going to be at the the Iowa State Fair. He's going to be at the the Nap Amphitheater on the thirteenth. That's the first Saturday. Of the fair at two o'clock. Uh, he'll play a forty-five minute set. He'll be at Jr. South Pork Ranch. On the 14th, I believe it is, at uh, 1130. And he'll be back at uh, JR South Park Ranch on the 20th um, at noon. So those would be, I think, two-hour shows. The the Nap Amphitheater show is a 45-minute set. Um, I'm proud of him. Uh, he's uh, he's extremely talented. And I'd love to see you guys come out to the fair and uh, and watch him, especially at that Nap Amphitheater show. I'd, lo- yeah. I'd, love to, I'd love to show the fair how many people we can put in that amphitheater. That would be fun. <laughs> 
That's a nice, that's a nice venue. Well, I, I know you got football season coming up too. We have our three beards media launch party happening at uh, Revelton distilling on September 2nd, that evening. I'm, I'm locking down a time now. So if you're over in town before the, the Iowa game the next day and you come in the night before, we'd love to have you down there. Travis. I, I should take the Amtrak. My wife was just, uh, she took the Amtrak to Mount Pleasant last night. I had to go through Osceola that, tra- you know, here, here's another thing I could go off of. You know, this is where America, you know, Europe does do things, some things right. They, <laughs> and their train system is, is, is beautiful. Now it, it, it really is. It, it's a boondoggle or it's a, it's, it, it sucks the money out of these because it, it's that, you know, it doesn't make any money. The Amtrak system here is an absolute joke. My wife was supposed to be on the Amtrak yesterday, going to Mount Pleasant at 5.03 AM. She did not get on the Amtrak in Omaha until 8.04 PM. Think about that. Almost crazy. 15 hours but, behind. But you know what? Take, take, taking a train from London to Paris is nothing. It's nothing. And going from Florence to Naples on a high speed, you can be there in two and a half, three hours. It's beautiful. And they run on time. I'm just saying there's a reason the countries are broke. And this, <laughs> so it's a give and take. The Americans go and enjoy. The, 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 we're like, this is great. Trade, why don't we do this? We travel by Amtrak. Oh, it's not this quite the why. same. Right. It's because it's because Union Pacific and uh, Burlington Northern own all the tracks. And therefore, the freight trains have precedence over the passenger train. And it's just it becomes an absolute clusterfuck. So there you go. That's an there. interesting argument for <laughs> capitalism. Um. Anyway, <laughs> well, no, it's not. I know. Well, you're right. But, so you look at it and go, okay. But you know what? I can fly a lot cheaper. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, um, with that, please go ahead and check us out on the web at threebeardsmedia.com. You know, I usually spend this time throwing out all of our Twitter handles. No one needs to listen to any of us on Twitter, but please go to threebeardsmedia.com. There you can find old man strength, bitter units, and maybe some potential new projects in the works. We're very excited that what we have uh, coming to you, brought to you again by Revelton Distilling Company at 1400 West Clay Street in Osceola, Iowa, Wintrust Mortgage and Kyle Lehman's team over there. A lot of great things happening, so please go ahead and check us out. And with that, we will see you guys next time.